Fasten your seatbelts. It's time for the Anything Goes Hour with Stu Breyer. Hey, what a pleasure to have our buddy uh, Bowser on the line. Catching up with him as the weather gets warmer. And uh, he's the guy that brings you that marvelous show every year. Wohegan. Hello. Good morning, young man. <laughs> I wish. I mean, good morning, fine. But young man, uh, that's a stretch. Well, you're always a young man to me. <laughs> Thank you, you. You, bring, you bring back a lot of our youth when we watch your show there. Well, I appreciate that. But I appreciate that, but I am 75. Hey, it happens. Is that the young? Listen, I remember when we were just 33 and a third. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So here we are at 75 or 78s, whatever. So uh, good to, to have you check in. First of all, I, I have a compliment for you. Oh, good. I'll take it. I know how you, hard you worked on getting these fake groups to get to, to pay the price if they pretend they're a group that they're not, and now I don't see or hear any of them anymore. No, it's been pretty effective, that that whole effort. Uh, thank you. And that whole effort has been pretty effective, uh, all, all things considered. I know you it, work, so now they have, you know, the tribute bands, which is fine. They're telling you they're a tribute band. Yeah, tribute bands are fine. I mean, we're never going to be able to do anything about tribute bands, and you could argue the tribute bands keep the music alive as long as they make it clear to the public mm -hmm. that they are a tribute band. So I know that you do a lot of, uh, well, you have. Are you still doing any cruises? Everything was stopped with COVID, of course. Yeah, we did. Um, we did. We, we sort of came back to that this year, and we're intending to do it again next year, help willing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, but, but yeah, we had a success, very successful uh, cruise during this past February, and it really was a lot of fun, you know, to be able to get back out there. It was right after, not long after the Mohican Sun show. And, you know, I'm doing a limited schedule of shows, but, uh, you know, I still enjoy doing them as long as my health holds out and as long as I don't, you know, try to, try to push myself on the road like in the old days. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, that's not a smart idea anymore. <laughs> And a listener called me and said she went, she saw Grease eight times. I don't know how many times you saw it, but I love that movie. Everyone seems to love it, and uh, actually, I got the I got a lot of the remaining cast of Grease together just recently to do uh, what amounted to a political event in Wisconsin. Um, you know, on Zoom. That's and great. That was a lot of fun, though. That was it's such a wonderful cast. Oh, I know. Fortunately, we lost Olivia, but, uh, yeah, the right. cast was great, everybody in that movie. So uh, I know every year you, you, you put on a show. I mean, talk about getting your money's worth. <laughs> you, you go to your Sunday night show in January. It's uh, amazing. Now, do you plan? Uh, have you planned ahead already who you're going to have there? January 14th, mm -hmm. the Sunday, as <clears throat> usual, of uh, Martin Luther King Day weekend. So Martin Luther King Day is the 15th, but we're on the 14th. It's at three o'clock in the afternoon, so you can come to uh, you can come to the show, and uh, we usually put on about three hours, three hour and fifteen minute show or something like that. Then you can have a nice dinner. You can go to the casino if you want, or you can go home, or you know, it's a lovely day. Uh, oh my goodness! For people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, and we're definitely going to have Kenny Vance and the Planetones headlining it once again. He has come back 
you know, from uh, some health. Yeah, no, he had some health issues. It's nice to know that he's doing great or better. Yeah, he's doing great. Mm-hmm. So, and Gary U.S. Bonds is going to be there for sure, and Jay Siegel's tokens, and a lot of the uh, what what have become kind of the regulars on the show are coming back. Um, but I've got some big plans also for some people who have been there very little and have or, or almost not at all. Um, who I still have yet to contact to fill out the bill. But Lala Brooks, originally singer of the Crystals, will be there. Um, Johnny Farina of Sandra and Johnny didn't make it last year because his wife, unfortunately, was ill. Um, but he's going to make it this year. So uh, Joey D will be back. and It's going to be a great lineup. But uh, the top of it is going to be Kenny Vance and Gary U.S. Bonds. You'd be a great person to ask, where are they now? Like groups like the Dovells or the Angels, um, are they still around? Yeah, I can pretty much tell you. Um, the Dovells, I haven't, you know, the, the Dovells were really going out as two people. Um, Len Barry. And I, yeah. yeah, you know, Barry had left the group a gazillion years ago, you know, a solo artist. Um so the, uh, they had become a kind of a duo, and I haven't heard much about them in recent years. Um, the Angels, I think, have actually stopped performing, I believe. Uh, you know, which th- this is something that happens. We'll, we'll probably have the dubs back again mm-hmm. in, at Mohegan. And, uh, like, they're one of the most, they, you know, they still have Cleveland still, who was a, an original member. That's wonderful, yeah. Right, and they're just so authentic sounding, you know, that not everybody gets through this these time periods, you know, still being themselves or sounding like themselves. Uh, so I think there had been so many changes, you know, if, like in Angels, you know, I think Peggy, who sang My Boyfriend's Back, you know, Linda Jansen passed away. Mm-hmm. Who, who was the original lead singer who sang Till. Yep. yep. And uh, I think Peggy uh, Santillia mm-hmm. Davidson, uh, I think she was just ready to stop performing. And I could be wrong about that, but I just haven't heard from them or, or spoken to them in years now. And I don't hear about them being out on the road. So whatever it is, it's going to be cooking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, you know, again, everybody's much older now some people you know I had Chubby Checker headlined the show this past year and Chubby's like 82 yeah or something 81, 82 some, somewhere in that but you'd never know it well because he keeps in shape twisting yeah that's the key I don't know if you've made it to that show um, Stu but the uh, there was to me a sort of funny slash ironic aspect to this last year's show because I had in November had a herniated disc, had to have back surgery uh, but I made it to Mohegan Wow you know, but but I, I definitely wasn't myself as far as moving concerned so um, the doctor the surgeon told me, said okay okay, no jumping that's the, the, the number one thing but then there are three other things, and they're going to be easy to remember. These are things you can't do. No BLT. I said, okay, great. What does that stand for? The doctor says, 
no bending, lifting, or twisting. <laughs> I said, I got to show him my leaving son in January with Chubby Checker. How can you tell me I can do I, I, no twisting? Well, I hope you're going to be back to those things this year, this coming year. <laughs> yeah, that was all fine. Now he says you can do anything you want. Oh, I know how but, vigorously you play the piano, so it might have hurt a little bit doing that, huh? That wasn't too bad. I, I was I was actually able to do that uh, because it doesn't really involve bending, lifting, or twisting or jumping. <laughs> you know, had I been Jerry Lee Lewis, it would have been a bit more of a problem. Yeah, we but, carried you yeah, off but, on that one, I'm sure. But for me, it was, for me it was okay. But it did give me an opportunity to actually, you know, I when I introduced the show right at the beginning and ran down the guests, you know, the the guest list for everybody to cheer. I was able to tell them the no pending, lifting, or twisting story, and uh, and then say, well, how am I going to do that? Because tonight's closer will be Chubby Checker. <laughs> well, you Over. got through that one, my friend. It gave me at least it gave me a good choke, and I was able to get through the show. You know, fine. I did. I didn't feel like I was myself. You know, movement wise, but um, most of you know, place was packed as usual, and most people who came up to me afterwards said they couldn't tell that much difference. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Hmm. Interesting. Well, as long as you got that voice, you're you're all set. So uh, your son's. You have a very talented son, don't you? He's on a roll right now. Yeah, because you mentioned uh, it when I called you. Tell me about yeah, this role. He's got a hit show out here in Los Angeles that we hope we're going to be able to bring. I mean, we is the royal we in this case because he's done everything. He asked me to help him write a couple of songs right at the beginning of it, and I did, and then he realized he didn't need me at all after mm. that. So he has written something called 44, the Obama musical. Actually, the full title is 44, the um, unauthorized, unsanctioned Obama musical. And it's a very fun show um, that's kind of about the first Obama term. But it's, um, it's just it's hard to describe because it's mostly just a lot of fun. And it gets a very diverse audience. People love it. The ovation at the end of the show is like something I've never been in a room like that. It's just amazing. And oh, good for every him. night. And he wrote the book, the music, the lyrics. He's directed it. Um, and it's at a place called the Bourbon Room on Hollywood Boulevard, which is serving, you know, as its out of town triad, I think, to go to New York. Well, that's, that's really exciting. Has he ever um, had a sneak guest appearance on one of your shows? He has been on the Bohican Sun show uh, specifically several times. Yeah, I think I as, yeah I remember that now. Yeah, as a guest, he's he, you know I none of us knew that he had this writing skill, composing skill I should say. He's been working as a TV writer, um, so we knew he had writing skill. But the composing skill is came sort of came out of nowhere, and it's amazing. I mean, I do understand now, and he has said this to me, that all the years, you know, after Shadana, I, I, when I created Bowser and the Stingrays in 1987, um, I did very consciously create a group that could do the kind of stuff that we had trouble doing in Shadana. 
which was mainly more of the sort of soul inflected, you know, kind of kind of songs. And generally speaking, Basil and the Stingrays has been me and three African American guys straight out of church. Well, it turns out Eli, you know, was exposed to this. He mostly missed John and I. He was born in nineteen eighty two. He missed the T V show, but he was exposed to this um style in his childhood and I guess it's you know, it just is what he loves and what he can recreate so that he's amazing writing like sort of R and B style songs. I mean it really is amazing. I'm I'm like <laughs> uh, I hope you get a chance to to hear this stuff. I hope the show comes east and yeah, everything. That would be wonderful. To hear the stuff because it's really just great. <laughs> Of course, it's and, number 44 uh, because uh, Barack Obama was the 44th president. Correct. So right. they call so it 44. Right. Yeah. right, exactly. And, of course, Barack and Michelle have a lot of great songs and a lot of great duets together in the show. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the show is just its a lot of great music. It's a lot of laughs. And, in a way, it's nostalgia for a lot of people um, at this point because we're in such a crazy time right now that uh, you know even though this wasn't very long ago it seems like uh, uh, sort of like when we started Shanana where the 50s seemed like they were we started Shanana at the end of the 60s the 50s seemed like they were another lifetime yeah I know what you mean believe me so do you have Shanana reunions Uh, I know I think you used to have some of the folks Right. Well, Johnny Cantardo, you know, who's still terrific, um, you know, really sings as well as he ever did, which is pretty damn well, has been in my show pretty much every time now. I mean, I don't think I've done a show without Johnny for three or four years now. So he's really become part of, you know, even he, we bill him separately, but he's become part of Bowser's Rock and Roll Party or Bowser's Rock and Doo-Wop Party every time I do it. And it's a pleasure to have him. I mean, we're actually, you know, I think better friends now. We're, we're just lifetime friends. And I think we're better friends now than we were when we were in the group where, you know, we had all those dynamics of the 10 people. And, you know, I think we always respected each other's abilities. But, um, you know, later in life, you really value, I don't know, I I don't know if you've had this experience, too, I hope you have, but the kind of really ancient friendships, you know, that you've had for your whole life are are so valued at at this age. And I just love having this relationship with uh, Johnny, you know, Unfortunately, he moved to New Orleans. He, he fell in love with the with the woman he was giving voice lessons over the <laughs> internet. Okay, yeah. and she, she lived in New Orleans, so he moved to New Orleans. So I don't get to see him as much as I used to. That's nice. I didn't realize he was still with you a lot. Yeah, he's in every show that I do, and I suspect he will be in every show that I do until I finally hang it up or fall over or whatever ultimately happens, you know, to... Well, if, if I get tickets in the front row, I'll, I'll definitely catch you. <laughs> okay, please. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're going to be in better shape this year, right? If the back's better? I think so, right. I think right? I'll be in better shape this 
you know, this coming year than I was last year. And honestly, last year was fine. Yeah. Um, I did appreciate that. You know, I think I think that people, you know, it's very hard when you're a performer um, to get what matters, you know, to figure out what matters. What I heard from a lot of people, both before and after the return to Mohegan last year, was it doesn't matter if you jump around like you used to. I mean, we're not expecting that kind of, you know, as long as you can, you know, sing, tell some jokes, play the piano, uh, that's going to be great. We just want to see you. You know, we just want you to be there, kind of thing. So every little thing that I had to restrict because there was no jumping, bending, lifting, or twisting made me crazy. But it doesn't seem like the audience really cared at all. No, no. <laughs> they responded the same way they always respond. Particularly these times of uh, uh, Bowser, uh, you know, it's a wonderful escape, getting away from some of the news and just letting go for three hours. That's what people love. Right, and I, we're all getting older, you know, so that as long as people... I, I think the main requisite for the show, you, you, you know, is, that, is to be... is to sound good. Uh, you know, is to still sing the songs like the record was, not, you know, try to update them. And uh, I, I do try to bring in people who still have that gift, even when, you know, we've all gotten a lot older. You know what I wanted to ask you today? Does Dion do any uh, touring anymore? He does, mm-hmm. um, or he has. I, I, you know, <clears throat> the truth of the, the Dion situation for us is that he has never wa- ever wanted to do the kind of show that like we have. He would never go on a, a show with a but with a whole lot of acts. You know, like usually we bring ten acts and. You know, it costs like forty dollars to get in, or something. You know, forty and thirty. So it's like Bowser's track and do up party of Malikan Son is like the best value you could ever <laughs> imagine in your life. But Dion is not going to do that kind of show. Dion, you know, goes out by himself um, as a headliner, and and that's appropriate for somebody of his of his stature. Um, but everybody has different. Sure, that makes sense. And, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Everybody has different feelings and opinions about that. I mean, people who were certainly, you know, like Little Anthony, you know, headlined headlined our show at Mohegan many, many times. Um, you know, and I think he had had that kind of legendary status, and Johnny Maestro and the Brooklyn Bridge and Jay Black and people like that. But, but so it's it's an individual decision whether you want to be part of a big package show or not. And Dion has never wanted to be. Well, that makes sense. They're all different in that respect. So uh, you had a, and I don't think I was there for that one. Was it uh, a, a special memorial for, was it Johnny Maestro or? Yeah, we did. We, yes, because both Johnny Maestro and Jay Black, Mohegan yeah. um, Sun was the last show that they ever did. Uh, my show at Mohegan Sun Arena was the last show that they ever did. So, uh, particularly in the case of Maestro, we had kind of a, a, 
uh, memorial for him in one of the subsequent shows. Uh, that was just an incredible night. Anybody who was there will never forget it because he was clearly not in good health. And we didn't know how bad it was until kind of he got there. But um, he sang in a way that no one will ever forget. I mean, his voice was angelic. It was beautiful. It was almost otherworldly. I think you told me Um, you you, you may have had a tape of that. It wasn't complete or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that was an unfortunate. Uh, Don't don't remind me. No, listen, uh, I'm sorry I wasn't there for that one. I was for Jay Black. Uh, Yeah, that was a little bit of a different matter because Jay probably shouldn't have done the show. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, not everybody knows when it's time to hang it up. Um, And in fact, that turned out to be the last show that Jay ever did. But the audience appreciated it in in a, you know, people are still talking about that. Um, in a very sort of complex way because you knew something was wrong some of the stuff he sounded fine some of the stuff he sounded less good um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to tell you something that I don't think I've said publicly too much and I hope I can use this word on radio on, on, on your station I don't think it's too bad go for it but you know when um I come out to take the person off the stage, you know, and say, get, get him a big hand. So it's the end of the show, you know, and, and usually, uh, so I'm going, Jay Black, Jay Black, and audiences, you know, cheering. And we sort of give, each, we always give each other a hug at that point in the show. So during the hug, Jay Black says in my ear, Bowser, I sucked, <laughs> but they loved me. That sounds like him. I interviewed him once. He was so right. Yeah, yeah. That was so Jay Black. That was the most Jay Black thing that Jay Black ever said. (laughs) Really saying something. Yeah. And I. uh, And you know what? He was kind of right. Yeah, he knows it. He knew it. He knew it for sure. Yeah. Yeah, He he was on and off. You know, at, at at best. But they also loved him. I bet he even tried to sing Caramia, huh? He, he sounded he sounded good on Caramia. Wow. He had more issues with some of the other stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, again, you know, certain songs, sit, that, this has always been the case, where certain songs sit well with certain people and, like, nobody else should try to sing them. <laughs> sure, I get you. Mm-hmm. Right, and even when things are compromised or, you know, later in life and they're not what they used to be, um, I, I've noticed that it's generally those songs that they were known for still sit pretty well in their voices, you know, compared to maybe other other material. Interesting point. I know that when I saw the last time I saw Brenda Lee, um, she would sing certain songs. I noticed, but others she didn't go near because you know the the voice gets a little tired. So. Well, that's another thing, is what's the range of the song? Mm-hmm. Although, you know, arguably, Karamea is probably the hardest song that Jay Black had to sing, but it also was one that sat in his voice, you know, particularly well. I mean, to the point where I, after a period of time, I was just saying, you know, out loud to people, like, don't, 
nobody should sing this song with Jay Black. Just, like, just leave it alone. Yeah, I mean, when he he told me that when the, you know, he wanted to sing that song, they're looking at him like, are you kidding me? And then, of course, it was a blockbuster. Exactly. So, uh, Johnny Maestro, um, boy, I, I I had the opportunity to be with him as well, and uh, what a decent, nice man, and one of the great lead singers of all time, huh? I think arguably the greatest of that era. Um, you know, it's really just a matter of opinion. Sure. At the end of the day, among among the truly great ones, but there was really something. My Maestro was just perfection of the doo-wop era as a, as a vocalist. And, uh, that, again, that last show that he did, even though he looked frail, you know, he had cancer, we didn't know, but, um, that's what it turned out to be. And he canceled every show after that and, mm-hmm. and specifically wanted Mohegan Sun to be his last show, um, you know, with a, with a packed arena, but he sounded, he sounded perfect. He sounded like he always sounded and just a flawless, vocalist you know when you when you consider pitch and intonation and you know the things that go into go into what singers can do no one was more spot on than than maestro by the way if anybody in our audience happened to video some of that let let us know so we could uh, (laughs) have that precious piece of video there the sad story was that uh just just so your audience knows and I do have sort of a, a from the house pirated video of it, but it's just not very good. Mm-hmm. Um, the really good video was taken from the big screens at Mohegan Sun. Unfortunately, the, the person who was the technician that day, uh, when I looked back at the video, it ended after Herb Reed and the Platters, who were the actors for Johnny yeah. Maestro. Mm-hmm. And so I went like, "What happened?" <laughs> oh boy! And and they said, uh, "Oh well, you know, the show was running kind of long, and the DVD ran out. <laughs> I just didn't put another one in, so we never got the uh, a recording of of Johnny Maestro's last show, or a good quality recording of Johnny Maestro's last show. But um, you know, it was one of those kinds of things that." The, the the video's never as good as being there anyway. So I guess the only thing I can say is that for those of us who were lucky enough to be there, it's a memory that we'll hold in our hearts forever. Hey, I do appreciate the time today, Bowser. Just one other thing. Uh, do you have, uh, what do you think is the all-time greatest doo-wop song? Okay, the, and, and I'm looking at doing the tribute this year, I don't know if I'm going to have time in the show, but I'm going to try. But I think everyone would tell you, most people would tell you objectively, it's in the still of the night. Uh, written by Fred Paris, a Connecticut resident. Uh, it was written in, in Pennsylvania, I think. But um, he was on National Guard duty and wrote it at like 3 o'clock in the morning, which is a story in and of itself. It is the biggest selling doo-wop record of all time. And I think uh, people would be hard-pressed to uh, argue with the notion that In This the Live the Night was probably the greatest doo-wop record mm-hmm. ever made. That so seems a good choice. So we do attend at Mohegan Sun at some point, I hope it's this year, to um, 
do a tribute to Fred Paris and have a whole bunch of people sing on, in the still of the night. Oh, I think they will do that. Uh, just a little bit of this one, I think, would should get into the top ten. Just a little bit. That's for your group. That's a good one, too. Yeah, that song reminds me of my bowling alley days. But did he say Shanana or did yeah. he say Shanana? Well, it's, I always thought Shanana, so we'll leave it at we, that. We did too. We did too, but just quick anecdote before I, I think I probably have to, you probably need me to go. But um, I got the opportunity to ask the guru, the guy who actually sang, you know, the bass singer of the silhouette, after many, many years, you know, of being in Shanana and singing Shanana, na, Shanana, na, na, did you say Shanana or did you say Shadada? <laughs> and do you know what he said? What? He said, Oh, gee, Baz, you know, we were recording this thing, we were in this room, and there was like, we, the band played and we sang all at the same time, and there was a microphone hanging from, one mic hanging from the ceiling in the middle of the room, and that's how we recorded it, and I think that sometimes I said, sha-na-na, <laughs> and sometimes I said, sha-da-da, and I just kind of said whatever came out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> great. Was, it was so wonderful. It was like you know when you climb you climb the mountain and ask you know the the guru at the top of the mountain with your dying breath what's the meaning of life and he says artichoke, you know that's sure. what this was like. So it, to this day we don't know whether we should have been shanana or shadada. Okay, before we part today, one of our listeners I, I believe has been ringing me for a long time. Hi, Eva. Oh sure. Say Hi, hello to Hi. Bowser. Hi. Hi. You're on. Hello? Hello? Um, I'll call back later. Okay. you have the uh, guest still on? Yes, Bowser's on. Oh, I love those um, calls. Okay, we got to go. <laughs> so, my friend. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Who knows what that was? Stu, I thought you were going to ask me about the Copyright Act. This new bizarre proposed copyright act. Oh yes, I did. But, but I remember when I when I talked to you, you you I don't know, I didn't know if you had uh, looked into it yet or not. But I did. Uh, oh, I'm glad because that's one of the reasons I called you too is because there was a big court case. You know about it now. Talk, tell me about it because that could really do some irreparable damage. Well, there's a proposed. I, I thought you were asking about this new proposed copyright act in Congress. Mm -hmm. Was that the thing you were asking about? Well, actually, the Marvin Gaye's song, Let's Get It On, was suing ah, another okay. singer. That, yeah, that, that was a different matter. Actually. Okay, but I want to know about the Copyright Act, definitely. There's a new proposed Copyright Act in Congress. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's apparently um, proposed, literally, the sponsors of it proposed it to punish Disney for being, quote, too woke, uh -huh. quote. So it has a sort of bizarre genesis, kind of going after Mickey Mouse, and the, the main house sponsor of it is from Florida. And the, so it's, it's Greg Stubbe from Florida and Josh Hawley from uh, Missouri who are the sponsors of it. I doubt that it's going to end up going anywhere. Um, 
but it, you know, oddly it would help the old Shanana TV shows because music clearance is the problem why the the um, the old shows aren't on TV. But honestly, it's not a good idea, and it's not it's not a good practice to try to single out, you know, try to punish one company for mm-hmm. for something. Uh, you know, it's it, it's a way overly politicized response uh, to to something that has really nothing to do with copyright. It would be the proposal is to go back to an old copyright law that I think. Uh, from 1909, but generally speaking, I don't think this is a good idea. Our, um, as you know, my expertise was really in trademark. Mm-hmm. As far yeah. as you know, the the Marvin Gaye kind of situation, you, you know, it it really is a can of worms. How much similarity a song has to have or not have uh, to be to, to be deemed. Um, illegal under copyright law. So, you know, status quo seems to be generally okay. Yeah, you know, sometimes I don't think people do it on purpose. You'll hear a song, gee, that sounds a little bit like that song or this song. Exactly. I talked with Mark Lindsay once, and he, uh, I said, you know, the end of uh, Indian Reservation is the same, just about the same ending of uh, Janessee and Society Child. And listen to it sometimes, and uh, it's very. And he said, "Yeah, you know, that was no big deal, but it was it was interesting." Right, these kinds of things, you know, if you, it, it, when they get taken too literally, it really does, I think, become dangerous at the end of the day, mm-hmm. uh, because there are only twelve. We still are using those same twelve notes. You know, the chromatic scale only has twelve notes in it. There are going to be similarities. The similarities, you know, between songs. You know, it's the, my sweet lord, and he's so fine. It's, it's, yeah. you know, we've been through this quite a bit, but the similarities have to be extensive and and obvious, and border at least on intentionality to be significant, to be legally significant. Yeah, I, I'm sure. You know, if if you make it too weak, I mean, everybody be afraid of everything. Exactly. Then you really are stifling creativity. I think in a in a, an unhealthy way. Well, Bowser, I'm I'm glad your back is better, for one thing, and uh, we'll look forward to uh, you in January. And of course, when you're in town, we love when you come in. I'm looking forward to being there. Um, I love talking to you, Stu. You're just so well informed always, and your questions are always so good. And I uh, look forward to returning to Connecticut. And yeah. Wish everybody three score peace. <laughs> All right, buddy. Take care of yourself. You too. Thanks. Yeah. That's the famous Bowser, ladies and gentlemen, from those wonderful doo wop shows at Mohegan Sun that everybody loves. <laughs> 